Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, uh, let's see. Today is uh, 10 November, Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And I, if uh, I stutter a little bit more than normal, which is a lot anyway, I have some new glasses on, so you got to forgive me. I'm getting used to them. And let's see here. I got a note from the webmaster. He, uh, we talked about the uh, iTunes are all on the superior word now, but he has another comment. We have roughly 400 files for free from iTunes and podcast, which are on the Superior Word website. That's every sermon, prophecy update, all that kind of stuff that we've done. And he said, if anything is missing, okay, or accidentally erased, let us know. Because you may get to, uh, you know, Exodus 9 and then Exodus 10 may be missing or something. So if you see that, let us know and we'll make sure we get that up there for you. And for the people that are online and that watch streaming on Facebook, Facebook has changed their way of uh, handling streaming. It used to be they allowed, um, you know, non-secure servers to stream, and they no longer allow that. So we are not up to date with that, and so we're not going to have Facebook streaming for a little while. So if you uh, want to watch streaming and you missed it and you're watching a later video, what you need to do is go to uh, the Superior Word website, superiorword.org, and click on the Live tab. Then from there, when we start streaming, it automatically sends you to YouTube, or maybe you need to click on a link when it comes up or something. But we're sorry about that. It's just Facebook changed its policies on secured and unsecured streaming, and so we don't have any Facebook streaming right now, and we'll get it eventually. Um, our first category, as always, is Israel. And, oh, you know what? Before I get into Israel, I just want to... Uh, make a thanks to all the veterans out there. If you have served the military, and I'm talking about people online as well, got a couple of them right here that have been in the Army and the Marine Corps, and uh, I know one Air Force guy. Oh yeah, me. Um, so I, it was kind of nice. This was the second year in a row I got invited to go to uh, Philippi Shores Elementary School where I went, gee, 40-some years ago, and uh, I went to a veterans thing on Friday, and it was very nice, and we had veterans all the way from World War II through every conflict up, and anyway, so if you're a veteran, if you serve this nation, I want to thank you right now, and I did have a red, white, and blue bandana that I set on the table, and I forgot to have my wife bring it this morning, so I got a different one instead, but there you go, thank, thanks to the veterans, and uh from our first article in Israel, uh, from Forward, even State Department's top Mideast official in dark about Kushner's peace plan. Mm -hmm. That might not sound like a big deal, but it is, is because the State Department, for the most part, is a bunch of lefties, okay? Anything that you say in the State Department is going to be released. It, there's no secrets there. I don't care what anybody says. And so they're doing the right thing by keeping this from the State Department. The State Department's top official overseeing Middle East policy admitted that he didn't know the contents of White House Senior Advisor Jared Kushner's Israeli Palestinian peace plan, other than what he'd seen Kushner tell the media. In a hearing of the House Foreign Affairs Subcommittee on the Middle East, Assistant Secretary of State for Near Eastern Affairs, a guy named David Schenker, also revealed that his office wasn't a part of shaping the proposal. Once again, I think that's probably a smart move on Trump's part. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what role your desk has played or that you personally have played in helping to draft this peace process, asked the committee chairman, Representative Ted Deutsch. Um, none, Schenker replied. But you're aware of what's in it, Deutsch asked. No, Schenker said. He added that he'd uh, seen public statements from Kushner on the subject. Only four people had complete access to the plan. Kushner, now outgoing negotiator Jason Greenblatt, his deputy and now replacement Avi Berkowitz, and U.S. Ambassador to Israel David Friedman. President Trump and Secretary of State Pompeo had been briefed on the plan, but were hands-off about going into details. The peace plan has been repeatedly delayed, most recently because of the uncertain results of the Israeli elections. Palestinian leadership has boycotted Kushner's efforts, including a conference in Bahrain in June, because they haven't been consulted on the details and were opposed to unilateral pro-Israel moves of the Trump admin, like recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. So that's the status of what's going on with that. 
I just thought I'd include that because it tickles me that our administration is keeping people completely out of the loop on that. It's very nice. Um, From the Jerusalem Post, third election looking likely with coalition talks at a deadlock. They've already had two elections in Israel. Nothing has transpired because of it, and they're looking possibly at a third election. While the parties have said publicly that they want a unity government behind closed doors, sources in the negotiations do not see a path to a coalition. Blue and white leader Benny Gantz must form a government before the mandate to do so goes to the Knesset. If that does not happen, a third election within a year will be called. And from Arachiva, unity government is dead. Israel headed for another election. This came out a day or so ago. Senior political source says gap between blue and white and Likud, particularly over the issue of the prime minister's legal situation, is unbridgeable. Just this morning, I read an article, uh, Lieberman, who is, uh, you know, he's been associated with Netanyahu and things over the years, and he's now threatening to go to the blue and white and upheave that. And then uh, the Likud says, well, that's, you know, that's not going to happen. And it's just, it's a mess over there is what I'm trying to tell you. Right now, everything is in flux, and it looks like we will probably go to a third election, which tells you, you know, the Lord is behind these things. He has got everything planned. There's going to be no peace deal until the Antichrist is the one that's going to do that, and that's going to happen in the Lord's time. He's got everything figured out down to the minutest detail, and we don't need to worry about it. But, you know, the the U.S. peace plan isn't going to get released until they know they have a government they can work with. So everything keeps getting delayed, and that's fine. Just we need to be patient, and the Lord's going to do what he's going to do. So from the Times of Israel. Netanyahu appoints Bennett as defense minister, Likud, new right to unite. Prime Minister Netanyahu offered new right party leader Naftali Bennett the position of defense minister in a move widely seen as a bid to prevent Bennett joining a blue and white led government. The premier's Likud party said Netanyahu, who is also defense minister, met Bennett during which the prime minister extended the offer. The appointment will be voted on at the next cabinet meeting, the party said. New Right accepted the offer, said party number two, Ayelet Shaked, adding that Netanyahu had offered it a choice of two smaller ministries from agricultural, diaspora affairs, and welfare, or just defense. I am convinced that this is correct for the state of Israel, she tweeted. So once again, we got these things that are being worked out, and everybody's trying to form their coalitions, and all we can do is wait and see what happens. But my guess is, this is just a guess, but my guess is third elections are coming up. We'll see. Al Jamainer, with $2.24 billion in funding in a single quarter, Israeli tech companies set a six-year record. They are making a lot of money in the tech industry in Israel. Israel-based or linked companies raised $2.24 billion across 142 deals in the third quarter of 2019, more than in any quarter since 2013. According to a report by Tel Aviv-based research firm IVC Research Center and the Israel Office of International Law firm Zeisman, Aharoni, and Geyer and Company. Sounds like a bunch of lawyers. The report shows a slight increase from the second quarter of 2019, which recorded $2.206 billion across 128 deals, and a bigger increase from the third quarter of 2018, which saw $1.63 billion across 119 deals. So you can see things are moving up there. This is in line with the global trend. Software companies raise the most in the third quarter of 2019, $1.4 billion across 52 deals, 10 of them larger than $50 million. Life sciences companies raised $350 million across 38 deals, up from $239 million across 29 deals in the third quarter of 2018. So things are moving up in Israel. Great stuff there. And if they could just get their government to not work, continue not working, they'll continue to make a profit. Once the government gets involved, then they'll start, you know, taking the money from the people and raising taxes and everything else they can do. So this may actually be a benefit for them. From the uh, Times of Israel, Israel advances 2,342 settler homes, capping off a record year under President Trump. Israel gave the green light to advance construction plans for 2,342 settler homes in the West Bank, capping off this record year since President Trump took office. The Civil Admin's High Planning Subcommittee, the defense ministry body responsible for authorizing settlement construction, published the protocol from a meeting it held earlier this month when it made the approvals. 
The quarterly session was the last held during the 2019 calendar year, during which plans for 8,337 homes were advanced, the most since 2013. Each of Trump's nearly three years in office saw an increase in settlement approvals with 6,742 greenlit in 2017 and 5,618 advanced in 2018. Breaking from its predecessors, the Trump admin has avoided criticizing settlement construction. In other words, he's just go out and settle the land, folks. You're Israelis. That's the land of Israel. Go for it. Much to the uh, uh, frustration of the Palestinian Authority and et cetera, but who cares about them? From Christian News Today, from Superior Word News Service. This is from a friend, Jill Baker, over in England, okay? I think you'll find this interesting. She says, I have published my website, biblicaltours.co.uk. If you're going to the UK, you need to remember this or email me and I can give you her information. For biblical archaeology and creation tours in the British Museum and the Natural History Museum in London. So if you're in England or if you are going to England, this is something you really want to pursue. Who would think that they would allow this in the British Museum? But they are. The British Museum was founded in 1753 and has approximately 6 million visitors a year and 8 million artifacts. It has financed and kept the best artifacts from archaeological dig sites across the world and has arguably the largest corroborative evidence for the historical narrative of the Bible in the world. See for yourself with, and she gives her website again, biblicaltours.co.uk. And then she added in a comment to me, which I want to read to you. She says, it is really an extraordinary place. And Sir Richard Owen designed the Natural History Museum specifically to bring glory to God. As a comparative anatomist, he was given all the dead animals from London Zoo to dissect. He challenged Darwinian evolution, which was called transmutationism. Dr. Erasmus Darwin was Charles Darwin's grandfather, who wrote in his book that insects were actually the stamens of flowers come to life. So this is the thinking on the, you know, the evolutionary side back then, and they haven't gotten much further along since then. Darwin's theory is a rehashing of Grandpa's theory, and Sir Richard Owen called him on it. So in the 1860s, we had Charles Darwin and Charles Lyell removing Moses from science and Julius Wellhausen erasing Moses from archaeology via his documentary hypothesis. Now, if you don't know what the, does anybody here know what the documentary hypothesis is? Nobody raised their hand. I would guess out of the people, and I don't know how many people watch the update, but if a thousand people watch the Prophecy Update, I would guess the two of them know what it is. And it's something that we all should be aware of. It's something I bring up in Bible studies, and I know Jim attends the Bible studies, and he must sleep through that part. I do. Yes. What it is, the documentary hypothesis is saying that, oh, the books of Moses, and you got five books of Moses, right? They are written by different people. Yeah, now he knows. They're written by different people at different times. So this line was written by a priestly class, and they assigned it a letter P. And this line was written by the Deuteronomist, so they give it a D. And these are all right within, say, one paragraph in a chapter of the book of uh, Exodus, we'll say. Okay, and then there's another one that was written by what they call a Jehovahist, and so they assign a J by it. And then they have the, you got the priestly, the Jehovahists, the Deuteronomists, and the Elohists, which is, they use the term Elohim instead of Jehovah, and so that must be written by somebody else. Okay, well, this type of stuff that she is doing is completely refuting the archaeological evidence that these people supposedly have, completely. But I want you to know that if you read the Bible, if you don't know what a chiasm is, I'd like you to look it up on the internet. You can go to my website, wonderfulone.com, and I've got a page, Chiasms in the Bible. They're rather remarkable structures, which are found within the text itself. And they detail things, this and this, and then this and this, and they, they pattern each other. So you start with a pattern, and then it reverses and says exactly the same thing in the opposite direction. And God is telling us things with these chiasms. It's very interesting, but he's giving you theological information in a form that most people never even knew about until a couple hundred years ago they started finding these. I've got maybe 50 or 60 that I found that I've put on the website, and there's one that spans the entire flood of Noah. The entire flood of Noah was found by a guy named Isaac Kikwada, okay? It spans a whole flood of Noah, which goes over three or four chapters, and guess what? That right there refutes the documentary hypothesis. And the reason why is because they say, well, that one was inserted by the D, and that one was inserted by P. It's a, it can't be, because this chiasm is there. It's in clear text 
and it completely disproves that. But there are other people that are disproving these nonsense things in other ways as well. So I would ask you, if you are in England, to go. Unfortunately, she says that the people that go the most, what a shame, are the Jehovah's Witnesses. They go and they, you know, at least they're studying their Bible, even if they're doing it wrong. But she says, you know, Christianity, for the most part, has fallen by the wayside in England, and you don't get a lot of... Christians showing up at this, but if you're a Christian and you want to support something that is of value, go and see what she has to present because it's very interesting. Anyway, next article from the Christian headlines. Chinese churches find $1,400 for owning the wrong version of the Bible. I'm glad that we're not King James only here because then we'd all be fine for not having theirs. But um, uh, yeah, over there, if you have the wrong version of the Bible, and they're not talking about King James or New King James or NIV. That's not what they're talking about at all. Let me read you this. A Chinese church was fined for having a copy of a Bible in a different language. The congregation is a member of the officially recognized three self-network of Protestant churches that face severe restrictions. In April, Chinese Communist Party officials found copies of South Korean Bibles in the church's possession. The church was also prohibited from selling Bibles. The fine was part of the Communist Party's effort to eradicate pornography and illegal publications. So they're taking these Bibles and they're equating them with pornography and other illegal publications over there. Now, we, we think that's almost funny when we hear something like that, but imagine this. We're in America, and we have, in this one church, probably 20 different versions of the Bible. Okay, People may argue over which one is the best and which one has got the most errors and all that kind of stuff, but we are able to have these Bibles. Nobody says you can't have this version of the Bible or that version of the Bible. Okay, And these people have to suffer with a Bible that is given to them by the government. Where are you getting your theology from? So, you know, keep praying for the people in China because this is a really, really sad situation that they're facing. We've got the Bible lady in the back row here. She showed up a little bit late today, but she hands out Bibles in the projects like we hand out candy. I'm not kidding. Chris here is a marvel of handing out Bibles. She goes all over the place and she buys them. She buys them, some of them like at Goodwill. Never used brand new Bibles, somebody was probably given as a birthday present, and she'll get one for a, a dollar or two, and then she'll take it and she'll pass it out right away to somebody. And this is what she does, is she's the Bible lady. So we understand the value of this book, and unfortunately, there's how many millions and millions and millions of Christians in China, and they're being persecuted more and more. So we'll go on. Many believers have reported that the three self-churches to which they belong have been subjected to sudden inspections by the government. All newspapers, hymn books, gospel leaflets, and especially Bibles that weren't published and printed by the state were confiscated or even burned. The government has even forced churches to hang banners promoting the campaign against illegal books. In August, the three self-church in the central province of Henan was forced to display a banner urging its members to help eradicate pornography and illegal publications. And here we sit fat, dumb, and happy with all of these Bibles, and these people are struggling just to have one that isn't influenced by the Chinese government. From CBN, Christian speech, a hate crime. Politician faces police interrogation for posting a Bible verse. Yes, a politician. Her name is Pai V, and I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong because it's over in Finland. Uh, Rosanen, I guess, is a member of the Finnish parliament, and she's under investigation for committing a so-called hate crime after she posted a Bible verse aimed at Finland's state church for promoting the homosexual lifestyle. In my tweet, I directly cited Romans first chapter in verses 24 to 27. If you don't know what that says, go read it. Speaking about the perverse nature of what man does, okay, that passage condemns homosexual relations. It's right in the Bible. How can that be hate speech? But Apparently it is. She said her purpose was to wake up the church in Finland, and when praying, I got convinced that it is not my time now to jump out of a sinking boat as a parable of the church, but to try to wake up the sleeping ones in the church in that boat. And that's why I decided to write to social media. If convicted, Rasanen, I guess it's got these umlauts over the A's, and so I don't know how you pronounce it, but anyway, she could face a fine or even jail time. This is a politician there. They're talking about putting her in jail for posting on Facebook. Uh, it says, but it's the precedent from this case that could affect every believer in Finland. I'm worried that this case, the criminal investigation, might frighten some Christians to hide and keep silent, she said. That's exactly what they want. 
They want them to keep silent. That's what they do in this country as well. They try to stifle our voices. They say, you know, if you're a Democrat, you can say any vile thing you want in this world and nobody says anything. But if you're a Republican and you say the Bible says and you quote the Bible, you're called a hate monger. You're called a hater. You're called somebody that a Nazi. They love to throw that term at you all the time. Racist, racist, racist. Every, everything is racist now. From our Shiva, Netanyahu, we have no better friends than our Christian friends. And I only included the title there to tell you that that is true in one way and it is false in another. Because many Christians say that Jews are okay being Jews without receiving Jesus as Messiah. John Hagee, for example, he's a dual covenantalist, which says he teaches these people. They come to his church. They don't believe in Jesus. And he says, you're saved through adherence to the law of Moses. Okay? Wow. Yeah, to the old covenant. And so they are not the Jews' best friends when they do that type of stuff. There is one way to be saved, and that is through Jesus Christ. And it is not adherence to the old covenant anticipating Christ. It is faith in Jesus Christ and that alone. So I agree with Netanyahu. The best friends of Israel in the world are Christians, but at the same time, the worst friends of Israel of all are Christians because we have the truth. We have the Messiah. He has come, and we're not willing to simply open our mouth and speak about it. So there you go. From Islam today, I found a website that I think you should go and check out. I posted it on Facebook. It's called Sultan of Europe, S-U-L-T-A-N of E-U-R-O-P-E, -E, sultanofeurope.com, and it is just very funny. This guy has made a, uh, uh, what will Europe look like in the year 2046? And he does all of the, and it is very well done. It's parody. If you like parody like the Babylon Bee, you will love this site. Go through it, just browse around, and I know that you will find it uplifting. You will. You know, like I got a picture of a little girl that's jumping a rope and what do you think that's about? You know, because Muhammad had a six-year-old daughter, right? And so it's a new law that's being passed by the Sultan of Europe because they're being overrun over there by Islam. So there you go. Check out that website. From the Times of Israel, Hamas Islamic Jihad warn Israel after Gaza strikes. Now, remember what happened. This is earlier in the week or uh, maybe even late last week. And I think it was earlier this week is that the uh, Hamas people threw in a bunch of bombs to Israel. Missile, missile, missile. And what did Israel do as they're supposed to? They responded. And so what does Hamas and Islamic Jihad do? They warn Israel after they bombed Israel that you can't retaliate against us. The Hamas and Islamic Jihad terror organizations warned Israel following airstrikes in the Gaza Strip in response to rocket fire at southern Israeli communities. Hamas spokesman called the airstrikes a dangerous escalation. Well, I think it was the people that started it that were the dangerous escalators and said the Zionist enemy bears responsibility for its consequences and ramifications. Meanwhile, an unnamed senior Hamas figure told Haaretz the rocket launches were carried out without a Hamas's approval and were not the work of one of the major Palestinian factions. Okay, so that's their excuse every time is that we didn't do it and so you can't retaliate. It doesn't work that way, folks. If a bomb comes from your area, it is from you. From the Times of Israel, Netanyahu told ministers Trump cannot be counted on to act against Iran. This is serious because it's probably true, okay? Prime Minister Netanyahu told a group of ministers recently that they should not expect the United States to take serious action against Iran for at least the next year. Why? because he's got to face an election. So if something happens, unless they are directly attacked, he's probably not going to intervene at all, okay? And this is correct, all right? Netanyahu hinted publicly for the first time at unease with Washington's hesitancy to take action. Iran's brazenness in the region is increasing and even getting stronger in light of the absence of a response, he said at an IDF officer's graduation ceremony. Several weeks ago, Netanyahu told cabinet members in a closed-door meeting that President Trump would not act against Iran until the U.S. general elections in November 2020 at the earliest. The report, which did not cite a source for the information, said Netanyahu told the ministers that in the interim, Israel would have to deal with Iran on its own. Now, I'm sure that we would help them, you know, in the back pages of the ongoing narrative, but we're not going to openly do it unless there is a real need to do so. So I think he's probably correct on that, but our president will not let Israel swing. If they are in trouble, he will go over and take care of them. All right. Mail online. 
Paris sees violent crime rise by 70% in some areas and a huge increase in burglaries as police say they are struggling to cope. Well, that's what happens when you open your doors. Violent crime figures rose by 9% across Paris compared to the previous year. 35,000 assaults have been reported in the capital city since the start of the year. From our Shiva, a result of Trump's pullout, Turkey unmasked. I like the article, so I included it. With President Trump as our intel analyst, who needs all of the hundreds, if not thousands, of CIA and military intelligence personnel? President Trump is a one-man, real-time military intelligence laboratory. If not for Trump's move, think how many conferences would have taken place. How many secret and totally misguided intel briefs would have been written on whether Turkey had fully evolved into an Islamic caliphate and an implacable archenemy of NATO? Turkey is a member of NATO and therefore supposed to be an ally, not a genocidal Islamic regime. Strategic, practical businessman Donald Trump cuts through all the fog of the United States and Turkish military alliance inertia and gives Turkey's would-be caliph Erdogan all the rope he needs to hang himself, exposing Turkey for what that country has become, the principal enemy of NATO at the gates of Europe. Trump has exposed the real threat to America and NATO, Turkey. Why fight Islamic State in Syria when Trump has just called out the real Islamic State of Ottoman Turkey? As for those people attacking President Trump for temporarily stepping aside the 50 American troops in northern Syria, I have one question. Was President Trump supposed to let American soldiers get killed by the so-called NATO ally while defending northern Syria when neither the House nor the Senate had passed an authorization of the use of force for President Trump to sign? Congress may have passed meaningless and totally worthless resolutions, but if these legislatures really meant to defend the Kurds, they should have passed a use of force law for the president to sign, expressly authorizing him to defend the northern Syrian Kurds. In that case, Congress would have had to debate the national security value of defending the Kurds, and that would have meant the American people would have been informed of the debate. President Trump has spared NATO years of dithering over whether Turkey is an ally or an enemy of NATO. Turkey's invasion and genocidal massacres in northern Syria prove that Turkey is an irredeemable enemy of NATO and has to be treated as such. Instead of excoriating Trump, we all should be sending him accolades. Imagine the threat to American national security if the strategic Turkish threat had been allowed to fester and harden for years without being exposed. Instead, Trump has allowed Turkey to convict itself with its own genocidal anti-NATO war crimes. Erdogan will be in Washington this week. We'll see how that pans out from the Times of Israel. Israel's UN envoy, Erdogan, has turned Turkey into a regional hub for terror. The Times of Israel gets it. From the Times of Israel, in historic vote, this happened last week, but I'm including it in case you didn't hear it. U.S. House recognizes Armenian genocide. That's something that they have not done forever. And finally, that has come out. We have recognized it. Good job on the House, even if it's run by a bunch of liberals. <laughs> From Mongolia, Xinhua. In historic first, Mongolia qualifies for Olympics in a team sport. Go Mongolia! For the first time in its history, Mongolia is qualified for the Olympics in a team sport. The Physical Culture and Sports Authority of Mongolia said, Mongolia's three times three, or three X three, I don't know sports. Anyway, women's basketball team earned a ticket to the FIBA three times three Olympic qualifier during a live stream show in Utsunomiya, Japan, on the eve of the FIBA three by three world tour final. The top four teams in the FIBA three by three federation ranking in the women's category are China, Mongolia, Russia, and Romania. They earned a trip to Tokyo 2020 Olympics, where the 3x3 will make its first appearance on July 25 through 29. Good job, Mongolia. Taking over the world one basketball at a time. From Daniel 12 Technology. Mail online. Your next smartphone screen could be bulletproof. Hey, good job. Scientists create tough see-through glass made from metal. See-through glass made from metal. Now think of this, because what was it? Uh, the voyage home, Star Trek. Remember where they went to get the uh, the uh, whales and take them back to the future to save the mankind and all that. Okay, what was it that the guy developed that allowed them to make the thing? 
transparent aluminum. Thank you, we have a Trekkie here. And that was something that this guy devised in his head for a Star Trek episode how long ago? Transparent aluminum? Yeah, yeah you can be richer than the dreams of avarice. And oh, it's great. If you haven't seen that episode, it is the best Star Trek episode ever filmed, the movie. It was a great movie. Okay, but now they have this um, see-through glass, which is made of metal. Okay, now I will say something. If you carry a, a smartphone, you never know when you're going to get shot. Okay, and you need to have something to protect you. No, I'm being serious. You never know. I have a friend that I do mission work with every Saturday of my life. His name is Tom Alley. He's a veteran, and so hats off to Tom Alley as well. He was in Vietnam, and he walks around with us, and you can see he's missing a very large part of his right leg. As a matter of fact, it looks like, how can he even stand up on that thing? Because there's a tendon that sticks out side of his body, kind of, and you think he's just going to collapse, but he got shot there, but he also got shot one other time. Did you know this? Yeah. Uh -huh. He got shot right here. Where? By, uh, right here. By uh, AK-47, and the only thing that saved him was the clip that he had. It w knocked him out, and he would have been completely, there would be no Tom Alley telling people about Jesus if it wasn't for that. So if you have your smartphone, you never know. It may save your life. So here we go. U.S. Navy scientists have developed a see-through armor made from spinel. Spinel is a mineral made from magnesium aluminate that occurs naturally. Researchers say it is tougher and lighter than current bulletproof glass. It could be used to protect military vehicles, but could find uses on spacecraft, satellites, cameras, and smartphones and watches. So if you're really fast, you can do the, you know, stop the bullet with your, your smartwatch too. But there you go. I thought that was kind of interesting. From Mail Online, no pilot, no problem. Passengers can land planes at the touch of a button with the new Garmin emergency program, which will take over small airplanes and guide them back to Earth. You're with your friend. You hear about this all the time. Somebody's flying and somebody has a heart attack and so somebody else has to take it and they have to walk them in. Okay, Garmin Autoland will take control of a plane in a case of an emergency. The autopilot software will ping nearby airlines and guide the plane to the ground. Passengers can also activate the program from the cabin. That's very interesting, and that tells you where we're going to be going with uh, no pilot flying cars very soon. And maybe even airlines, they're going to get rid of pilots because they will have this technology. They use this now as an emergency measure, but they will develop it to the point where they will start. I won't either. I'm not getting on one without a pilot, but that is what's coming. Okay, that is what's coming. Mail online. Teen, would you get online if I flew? No. no. I was in Japan. I got my private pilot's license almost. Yeah, what I did is I, I, I went and I got my license. I did everything I could. All right. I, I aced 100% the written exam. I did my solo, and that's all I needed to get my license. I did my solo. I landed, and I said, I don't want my license because I am not meant to fly. I, you made the right choice, Jay. I am not meant to fly. I, I never want to fly again, but I did go out and do all what was required. So anyway, uh, let's see here. Mail online. Teen Genius, 14, wins $25,000 for innovative car design that would install cameras to make blind spots non-existent after she saw her mother struggling on the road. You got the bar here for your windshields? You can see right through them now, literally right through them. You can see everything that's going on in your car. If you turn around, you got that big one back there. You can see through it. This is really cool. Elena Gassler won the Sam Mel Louie whatever foundation prize for her project, Improving Automobile Safety by Removing Blind Spots. The Avon Grove Charter School student, this is just a kid, explained that the aim of her project was to get rid of blind spots without getting rid of the blind spot. Gassler installed a webcam onto the vehicle's pillar and then projected a live feed onto the camera that shows the inside of the pillar. For drivers, the project would allow them to see what was on the other side of the pillar, making the pillar all but invisible. This will be standard. Mark my words, in a few years, every new car will have this. There will be zero blind spots. It's like you're in a bubble and just looking around like the, the Pope mobile, okay? From Revelation Plagues, Zero Hedge says, the next shoe in the farm crisis drops. Bankruptcy soar 24%. So we've had all of the problems with the farm, and now they're going bankrupt. This is the highest in many years. The American Farm Bureau warned that farm bankruptcies are entering a parabolic move. The farm crisis is only accelerating and will likely be on par with the farm disaster that was seen in the early 1980s. 
President Trump's farm bailouts given to farmers earlier this year appears to be failing at this moment in time as a tsunami in farm bankruptcies is sweeping across the country. With record high debt, collapsing farm income, and depressed commodity prices, U.S. farmers are dropping like flies as there's no end in sight to the 15-month-long trade war. AFB said farm bankruptcies for the 12 months ending in September totaled an astonishing 580 filings, up 24% year-on-year. The number was the highest since 676 filings were recorded in 2011. For three-quarter 19, farm bankruptcies were slightly lower, down 2% year-on-year. Total bankruptcies filed by state vary significantly, from no bankruptcies in some states to more than 20 filings in others. Bankruptcy filings were the highest in Wisconsin, followed by Georgia, Nebraska, and Kansas. Iowa, Kansas, Maryland, Minnesota, Nebraska, New Hampshire, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and West Virginia all experienced filings at or above 10-year highs. Chapter 12 farm bankruptcies are expected to increase through the next several quarters. This could be problematic because... It could be problematic to President Trump as the 2020 election year begins. Many of the bankruptcies are occurring in election battleground states like Wisconsin. So we'll keep our eye on that and we'll pray that that does not affect this election in any way, shape, or form. We want President Trump back in office. From the Daily Signal, sexually explicit books were put in these Virginia classrooms. Parents want answers. Parents in Loudoun County, Virginia, are outraged after discovering that thousands of books were placed in classrooms across the school district this year as part of a new diverse classroom library initiative. While most of these books focus on introducing kids to different cultures and ethnicities, parents began to discover that an alarming number of the books focused on sexual diversity, contained sexually explicit language, including frequent descriptions of underage drinking, fondling, and then listen to this, Blank, 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 blank. I can't even tell you. I can't tell you how vulgar it was what was said in that paragraph right there. I won't even tell you. Don't ask me afterward because I'm not going to tell you how vile what they are teaching the kids were. Five blanks right there. Sexual abuse, statutory rape, incest, and rape. Those are the ones I could tell you. Imagine how bad the other ones were that I won't even utter to you how bad they were. The content in many of these books is graphic and the language so obscene that when parents read passages aloud at a recent school board, listen to this, board member Joy Maloney, who supported the books, protested that the meeting wasn't an appropriate setting to hear such language. She wanted that in there. Now she's saying, of course she did. Parents and even the board chairman were quick to point out the irony in this sentiment. Let's teach our kids this, but we can't say it in this forum. This isn't the right forum. That's what's going on. This is coming to Sarasota, Florida. Remember, I read you that article about Sarasota last year. We've got these same people that are getting into this school system. From physics.org, cities, tribes. This is a real precedent. We've talked about this in New Zealand and I think one other country, and now they're trying to do it here. If this passes and it goes up to the Supreme Court and they don't accept it, we are stuck with this type of stuff going on. Tribes try a new environmental approach. Give nature rights. Remember that uh, river over in New Zealand and it has rights now? They want to do this here. When members of the White Earth Band of Ojibwe in Minnesota take out their canoes to harvest wild rice, they're gathering a source of nourishment and following a tradition that has connected them to the land for generations. But to the White Earth people, Manumin rice isn't just a resource to be used. It's an independent entity with the right to exist, flourish, regenerate, and evolve. Well, if that's the case, then why are they harvesting it? Yeah. If that rice has rights, then why are they harvesting it at all? That completely blows away their own case, but nobody's going to look at that part of this particular thing. All right? Other tribes and even some cities, liberal, of course, are also embracing the idea that Mother Nature has legal rights, setting the stage for court battles that could shake governments, businesses, and the environmental movement. Earlier this year, voters in Toledo, Ohio, passed the Lake Erie Bill of Rights, which declared irrevocable rights for the Lake Erie ecosystem to exist, flourish, and naturally evolve. That means you can't do anything to it if that actually becomes a legal precedent. They voted it. I don't know where it stands right now, but the measure would give the ecosystem legal standing. Okay, so you want to take your canoe out 
How can you do that if it has a legal right? Who gives you the right to ride your canoe on the Lake Erie system? I'm serious though, isn't it? So, which means that the lake with help from human guardian could enter the court system as a plaintiff and sue polluters. Recognizing rights of nature as the concept is known also would shape city and state permitting and planning decisions and it might become a powerful tool in fighting climate change and habitat loss. This is real bad stuff here. This is a real bad agenda that people are pushing because if they can't get something they want this way, they come at it this way. A yes, a lake has right, but an unborn child does not. It makes no sense. The Oregonian says, facing backlash, Delta Airlines restores same-sex love scenes to Rocketman and Booksmart in flight versions. So they took it out. They took out these sex scenes on the Delta Airlines. They said, we don't want that. And what did people do? They protested that they couldn't watch the sex scenes on the flight to wherever, and so they put them back in. Yep. Mail Online, Birth Coach is hounded out of the industry, Charity Doula UK, after transgender activists branded her Facebook message claiming only women can have babies offensive. They banned her. Yes, Lindsay McCarthy Calvert resigned from her spokesperson role at Doula UK. Transgender rights activists triggered an investigation into the mother of four. Her offensive Facebook post read, I am a woman, an adult human female. Dula found that the post breached their equality and diversity guidelines. She said, I am a woman, an adult human female, and they won't let her do practice her uh, whatever it's called, birth coaching anymore. That's the UK for you. From her other category, and that's what they want here in America, by the way. Her other category. Mail online, the American dream is, woohoo, still alive. Children of poor immigrants still beat U.S.-born kids up the ladder. I, this doesn't bother me at all. If they come here legally and they excel, hats off to them. That's what we're here for. Come here legally and excel, okay? Just as they did 100 years ago. This has never changed. People move into a place. I've said this a thousand times. We'd go to the project, and if I took a $100 bill down there and gave it to any of the people we pray with on Sunday, it would be gone an hour later, and there would be nothing to show for it. Zero. They would have nothing to show for it. If a Chinese family moved into the projects because they just moved here and they didn't have any other place to live, and I gave them that $100, in a year, they would be having me over for dinner at their new house. <laughs> they would be giving me free laundry at their laundromat. I'm, it's serious. It's serious. These people come here, and they have a drive to excel. This isn't to diminish the people that are in the projects. That's the government's fault for putting them there and then feeding them there and saying, you can't excel because if you do, you're going to lose your rights to the projects. And we see this. We have one family that has four generations in one house, and the oldest one is 57 years old. Great-grandmother, 57. Grandmother, 36. And then the son and then the newborn children there. Four generations in one house, and they cannot go out and get a job because if they do, the government will take away their benefits and they'll be out on the streets. But the Chinese have nothing to lose, or the people from Egypt or wherever, and so what do they do? They take that $100 you give them, and they make something of it, and they're always grateful to you for it, and they excel, and their kids become straight-A students, and they become doctors and lawyers. They didn't grow up playing t-ball. They didn't grow up playing t-ball. Okay, but now Chinese and Indian immigrants have replaced Italian and Irish, sorry Jim, as the most successful. Study shows children of poor immigrants rise no matter where they come from. Report also suggests that they have higher rates of upward mobility than U.S. born. Of course they do, because they have nothing to lose. I went around and preached at every capital in the nation in 2010. And when I did, the people that... And I don't mean that other people didn't weren't gracious to me, okay? They just said, you're going, please stop at our house along the way. The person that I would say did the most for me was the poorest family in Philadelphia. They said, please stay with us. They lived in a place that it was so bad, I slept in the truck that night because I didn't want somebody to steal it or break the windows or anything. And the boy that was with me spent the night in the house. And they, they took care of me in a way that was unbelievable. Why? Because they have nothing to lose. When you got lots of money, you need to keep your money because I might lose it. And so you, I, we become stingy. That's the way of the world. When somebody has nothing to lose, they don't care if they give their last $10 to make a pot of food this big for me and that boy to go through another five states where we could eat without having to stop anywhere. It was unbelievable. But I thank everybody that, you know, helped me out. I'm, I'm not trying to diminish anybody that did. I'm just saying that they did the most 
and they were the poorest people that I've ever spent time with. Wonderful people. Anyway, um, the author says it shows there's room to be optimistic about the American dream. And there is. If you're willing to put on your shoes and pull up your bootstraps and get to work, you can work. Okay? I've got, what, four part-time jobs right now. And there are never, never a day where somebody says, hey, you want to do some work for me? They don't know that I'm just doing it to keep my girlish figure. But, yeah, I'm out there doing my job. And there's never a day that somebody doesn't say, hey, you need some work. I could work all the time. But you have to be willing to, to do it. To do it. Okay, mail online. Heroin addict with 19 arrests who dragged a New York Police Department cop with his car, forcing another officer to shoot him, is awarded $11 million by a jury after being left paralyzed from the shot. Yes, a jury in the Bronx has awarded $11 million to a man who suffered partial paralysis after he was shot by police during a 2006 traffic stop. Raul Lopez was pulled over by Sergeant Philippe Blanchard and Zenos Costantinides. Ah, whatever. Lopez was asked to switch off his engine, but instead he hit the gas while Officer Constantinides was reaching inside the car. Blanchard fired a single shot at the man hitting him in the neck. Lopez was acquitted of vehicular assault in the case and filed a lawsuit against the city. After a seven-day trial, he was awarded $11 million. His attorney requested the jury consider between 6 and $9 million for lost earnings, even though Lopez did not have a job at the time of the incident. This is a state of our nation when we allow something like that to happen, and it is a lesson for everybody. And I'm going to say this, and I'm serious. If you are going to exercise your rights in this state of Florida and defend yourself with your gun, you shoot until the person is dead. Because if not, they can turn around and sue you. You make sure that if you are being attacked, you have a right to defend yourself in this state. You have a right to defend yourself. What's it called? Stand your ground. It does not mean you can arbitrarily go kill people. I'm not saying to do that. But if somebody comes at you, you make sure that the leg stops twitching. That's just what you do. Well, I'm just being frank about this. This is a, this is the law, and you need to make sure that you are protecting yourself. Anyway, I got people laughing about it, but this is serious. This is what happens here. People's lives are ruined because of this type of thing. That driver was living the new American. He was yeah, he was living the new American dream. From Zero Hedge, pork pileup continues. Chris asked why there's uh, pork prices are going down here last week. I got an article to explain it to you, Chris. Bacon levels, which we had a lot of bacon at lunch yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, actually, Tom Alley did, but we just kind of looked at it and partook of it from the side. Anyway, bacon levels in U.S. cold storage surged to 48-year high. Yeah, because China has had this problem, and we're getting ready for it. And then once we've gotten ready for it and taken care of it, then our pork prices are going to go up. I said this last week. Here it is. Cold storage facilities across the United States have just hit record high levels of pork bellies. The cut of the pig used to make bacon. Where, what movie highlighted pork bellies as one of their commodities? Trading. Trading places. Boy, you know your movies back there, buddy. I like you. Okay. Much of the oversupply problem stems from farmers increasing herd sizes ahead of a possible trade deal that was expected to occur earlier this year. Hog producers, listening to every trade headlines from the Trump admin, quickly expanded herds through spring and summer with anticipation of an immediate trade deal with China. U.S. herd levels rose to 7.7 million heads as of September 1st, a level not seen since 1943. While the massive overhang of pork bellies could be short-lived due to the anticipation of a phase one trade deal, it could be signed immediately between U.S. and China. The lesson to be seen is that fake trade news has consequences, such as disrupting free markets and creating imbalances. Well, people are saying we're making a trade deal and it doesn't work out, and so what do they do? They... Oh, we need to get more pigs ready and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you got to pay attention to the news, not just what people are saying, but pay attention to what's going on. But we have all of this pork now. It wasn't by chance. And eventually, you know what? If we go to war, that will be used to feed the soldiers. And if we don't, the Chinese will eventually buy it and the pork prices are going to go up. It doesn't matter. Either way, nothing is lost by this. From Zero Hedge, I got a lot of headlines to read you, just the titles, and you'll see a snapshot of what's going on. Zero Hedge, Hong Kong crashed into first recession since 2009. Zero Hedge, our country must act. Germany exports to shrink for the first time since the 2008 financial crisis. 
Zero Hedge, global Carmageddon continues. Pirelli and VW warn about worsening market scenario. Zero Hedge, Chinese PMIs unexpectedly slide further into contraction, just shy of post-crisis lows. From Zero Hedge, China auto sales fall 6% in October as global auto recession shows no sign of slowing. Zero Hedge, new car sales in October plunged 24.9% in Japan. Nijama attributed the drop to weather and potential headwinds from the country's new consumption tax rate. They tried it in New York. It didn't work. They're doing it in Japan. It doesn't work. You raise a consumption tax, people don't buy. You shoot yourself in the foot. From Zero Hedge, the recession in the auto industry is tanking the global economy. From Zero Hedge, Daimler to slash 10% of management amid global auto industry bust. There you go. That's a little snapshot of what's going on in the world right now. Mail online. Border officials stopped nearly 1 million people crossing from Mexico into the United States in the 12 months ending in September. An 88% increase on the previous year. Thank you for our president. I do not mind people coming into this country. I say it all the time. They just need to come in legally. Okay? From the Daily Wire, thousands of foreigners sent back to Mexico under Trump policy have given up asylum claims. Good. Of course, yes. Zero Hedge, huge October payrolls beat. 128,000 jobs added as black unemployment, here it is again for the 20th time in a row, rate hits all-time low. Thank you, President Trump. Mail online, Florida High School principal who said he couldn't confirm the Holocaust was a factual historical event is fired. Yeah, we brought him up when he did it. They put him on leave. He's gone. Good job. Okay, before I give you our lesseric, I want to tell you that uh, Sergio and Rhoda have a new video. It's unlike any other video they've done in the past. It is very good. If you want to know when to visit Israel, what to do in Israel, you will be blessed by this video. I'm telling you that right now. It, and their website, they have a new website which is linked on the video. So please watch that video, which I will link in the comments section below. Okay, a lesser here for you. Let's see if you can guess what he's talking about. It's illegal in China to read any word that won't fit China's creed. It is likely to burn so that Christians won't learn, but believers will know what they need. Good job. I got a couple ironies for you here, and then we'll be done. I call this Breaking My Law. Anybody remember that song? Breaking the Law. Break okay, yeah. Breaking My Law. Breaking My Law. <laughs> Mail Online. Former Apple lawyer is indicted for breaking the same insider trading rules he was supposed to enforce and making $600,000 in illegal gains. Breaking my law, breaking my law. And then here's another one. Fox Indonesian man who helped write strict adultery law is publicly flogged for an affair. Breaking my law, breaking my law. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.